Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Coming down the wire. Hey, it's a Tuesday. News and stuff. Right after this. I think this is comforting. Helps me put things in perspective. Nothing can touch your life, my Christian friend, unless it comes through the permissive will of Almighty God, filtered through the hands of God. That means he has complete control, doesn't it? Even when it feels as if Satan has been allowed to run rampant right through your personal life, trapped in Roman confinement, Paul knew that God could rescue him. For all, he had removed Peter's chains, Acts 12:7. But Paul was not simply waiting around for liberation. Even in his chains, he earnestly continued with his kingdom work because he believed God did everything in life for a reason. Do you believe that? Indeed, the Lord has a purpose for whatever he brings into your life. Though we may desperately wish for our circumstances to change, God will allow us to go through a given situation that will ultimately bring about the most favorable result. If we allow him to finish the work instead of trying to extricate ourselves, you know, we're going to see a positive outcome. There's not a single verse in the Bible that says believers are promised an easy life. It's not a tiptoe through the tulips. In fact, the word warns that the opposite is true, and we will see lots of trouble, John 16:33. But we, like Paul, can choose to live above our circumstances by realizing that God has a plan. He's going to use our experience for good and the benefit of others. What in the world is going on? It's changing. The House January 6th Committee urged the Justice Department yesterday to bring him, bring him on criminal charges against Donald Trump for the violent 2020 Capitol insurrection, calling for accountability for the former president and a time of reflection and reckoning. Greater divide. Democrats, Republicans, blah, blah, blah. After one of the most exhaustive and aggressive congressional probes in history, the panel's seven Democrats, seven and two Republicans are recommending criminal charges against Trump and his associates who helped him launch a wide-ranging pressure campaign to try to overturn the 2020 fake election. I was me there. Yep, there you go. What's going to happen? The DOJ, that's the recommendation. The DOJ has to decide, and what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I'd, I'd have trouble sleeping at night, I think, if I were the pres. Democrats on the chief tax writing committee in the House could vote today to release tax return information on Trump after winning a prolonged legal battle against the former president in the final weeks of the Democratic control of the lower chamber. The Ways and Means Committee announced a meeting for today on documents protected under the Eternal Revenue Code, Section 6103. Democrats were able to obtain Trump's tax records from the Treasury Department for years 2015 through 2020. Further evidence that this is the new America and it is a flood of evil and stupidity? Stanford University published an index of harmful language. It's just so hard to keep up anymore, especially if you're older. Anyway, the harmful language it plans to eliminate from the school's website and its computer code and urging others around the nation to do the same, offering terms to be used as replacement for that harmful language. 
It's called the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative, which was revealed in May. I'm sorry. It's a multi-phase, multi-year project to address harmful language, according to the guide. It says its goal is to eliminate many forms of harmful language, including racist, violent, biased, disability biased, ethnic biased, ethnic slurs, gender bias, implicit bias, sexual bias, bias bias. I just do that one in Stanford's websites, and it added that it strives to educate people on the impact of words. And there are 10 harmful language sections. You divide this thing up. Uh, <laughs> I can't even get that. Let me just give you one example. Harmful language. Among the words the university wants people to avoid, American. People are instead asked to use, to be precise, U.S. citizen, because American typically refers to people from the United States only, thereby insinuating that the U.S. is the most important country of the Americas. And the Americans, the index notes, comprises of 42 different countries. Where is my gun? Okay, it happened. Residents of Oregon's most populous city dealt with an unprecedented number of homicides, rising property crime, a general feeling of total lawlessness during 2022. But now Portland leaders have taken some steps to have a different tone set for 2023. The rise in crime and the houseless and homeless population that continues to be a challenge. They say the city is starting to get their arms around this whole thing. Weren't they the ones that wanted to defund the police? And uh, you know how that goes. Big earthquake out in California, 6.4 magnitude, Northern California. Uh, this morning, preliminary information showed that at 2.34 this morning, a tremor was centered around Ferndale, California. That's roughly 300 miles from San Francisco, and thousands are without power today. Scary. Well, she's either a big liar like her boss, or she doesn't know what she's doing. Probably a combo of both. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre insisted the border's not open, and that anyone suggesting otherwise was doing the work of human smugglers in another ridiculed press conference. She's facing tremendous backlash. They're calling it just a bold-faced lie. The end of Title 42 is expected to lead to maybe ten to 15,000 border crossings every day. Ooh, what's this? The Supreme Court temporarily extended the use of Title 42 to turn away asylum seekers at the southern border on public health grounds. That was due to expire tomorrow. Chief Justice John Roberts put a brief hold on the expiration order for the impending end of the Plandemic-era policy, which President Biden has pledged to repeal, has border cities like El Paso on the edge. Well, I would think so. That's such a mess. Speaking of liars, let's talk about old Biden. Conservatives on Twitter blasted him for telling another ridiculous tall tale, big lie about himself in a speech claiming that his uncle won a Purple Heart for his actions during World War II. Critics slammed the claim, asserting, there's absolutely no evidence to that statement. Biden made the remarks during a town hall meeting for U.S. veterans in Delaware on Friday. That's where he also got into his Italian mess. What a guy. 
I don't know. I think we should just forgive all the debt. It's uh, biblical. What? Right after. Don't go away. I want to be like Paul. Paul's letter to the Philippians was written during a long and unjust imprisonment. However, this short epistle's full of rejoicing. Paul never complains or casts blame for his situation because he's learned to live above his circumstances. Here's how most people respond to difficulties. First, they try blaming someone else for the problem in order to make themselves feel better. But blaming only results in broken relationships. Next, they complain, which gets pity from others having a plum party. Poor little old me. But that enhances the problem in their own eyes. And finally, they search for a way out of the situation, and that usually makes things worse. Paul knew there was a strategy for living above one's circumstances rather than merely muddling through them. He shifted his focus. Instead of examining his problem and whining about it, he looked to God. Praise came from his lips. You know, believers have a simple choice in life. We can wallow in the self-pity, and that's easy to do. But we can look to Jesus Christ the author and the finisher of our faith, and learn how to live above those circumstances. Oh, yeah. Can it be? White Christmas? They say there's something magic. All it is, something magical about waking up on Christmas morning and there's the snow on the ground. Chances are increasing now. Millions, millions of people are going to experience a white Christmas this year. Yeah, a far-reaching, highly impactful winter storm system going to affect millions of Americans across this country starts tomorrow. Peak impacts expected from Thursday through early Saturday, Christmas Eve. Uh, the big storm coming. There you go. So, could a, should a Christian file bankruptcy? What do you think? How about just forgiving all kinds of debts like... Uh, you owe a million dollars for your college education? Let's just forgive that. They say that America, according to the Bloomberg report, is drifting toward a biblical policy. What? Yeah, in ancient Babylon, a newly enthroned king would declare a jubilee, you've heard of that, wiping out the population's debts. And in a modern America, the new America, that idea is growing. It's called a Jubilite, and it's catching on. Support for write-offs has been driven by Democratic presidential candidates like Elizabeth Warren, says that she'd cancel most of the $1.6 trillion U.S. student loan debt. Bernie Sanders would go further, erasing the whole lot, as well as $81 billion in any medical debt in America. Hey, let's not just forgive ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 worth of education debt. Let's forgive it all. What do you think? And the biggie, Zillow, real estate firm Zillow, cites medical and college liabilities as major hurdles for would-be renters and home buyers. Moody Investor Service listed the headwinds from student debt, less consumption and investment, more inequality, and said forgiveness of those debts would boost the economy like a big tax cut. Just forgive the debt. The idea is growing, they say, around the world. And where did this all come from? Well, it was understood thousands of years ago, according to Michael Hudson, an economist and a historian. He published recently, And Forgive Them Their Debts, a study of the Near East in biblical times and even earlier. That's where the tradition known as a jubilee, wiping the debt slate absolutely clean, 
has its roots. Rulers weren't motivated by charity, Hudson says. They were being pragmatic, trying to make sure that citizens could meet their own needs and then contribute to public projects instead of just laboring to pay the creditors and never getting ahead, paycheck to paycheck. And it worked, he said. Societies that canceled the debts enjoyed a stable growth for thousands of years. Forgiveness was good for the economy would be a modern way of putting it today. In a recent paper, Moody's examined how that might apply if America writes off its student debts. Some say this whole thing is an idea that has come of age. It's time to forgive them their debts. What do you think? We wish you a terrible Christmas, or something like that. Give me that candy cane, you little brat. An elementary school principal in Nebraska placed on leave after telling teachers to avoid decorating their classrooms with Christmas-themed ornamentations so as not to offend those who don't celebrate that holiday. The principal at Manchester Elementary School, identified as Jennifer Sinclair, sent out a memo earlier in the week with guidelines as to what is considered appropriate for classroom decorations and assignments. Teachers were reportedly told the generic winter-themed items such as sledding and scars and the frozen character, Olaf, were acceptable. Decorations that included Santa... Christmas trees, reindeer, green and red colored items, and even candy canes were not acceptable at this elementary school. The candy canes were prohibited because Sinclair deemed them to have religious significance. Historically, the shape is a J for Jesus. The red is the blood of Jesus Christ, and the white is a symbol of his resurrection. This would also include different colored candy canes. Yes. Welcome to the new America. So yesterday, my wife wanted a couple of red and gold things for a tree, so I went to that hobby place. What a zoo. <laughs> they had 10 lanes open, 5 to 10 people in each one. And uh, well, why not? On uh, holiday supplies, 70% off. So if they're making money at 70% off, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, that's a Christian organization, so I guess that's okay. Merry Christmas. And then there's this from Romanian-born American Jewish writer, professor, and political activist Eli Weissel. Some of my friends ask why I post so much political stuff. Here's my answer. You need to always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. Little thoughts from here and there. This is clever. Big warning. Email going around offering processed pork, gelatin, and salt in a can. If you get the email, don't open it. It's spam. I like this. The difference between school and life. In school, you're taught a lesson and then given a test. In life, you're given a test and that teaches you a lesson. And a thought for you, sometimes I forget to thank the people who make my life happy in so many ways. Sometimes I forget to tell them how much I really do appreciate them for being an important part of my life. So thank all of you just for being here for me. Good news. Need it. Where's my Bible? Life 101. Right after this.
If you just joined us, never heard the program before, this is Hello World. News, information, and comment from a conservative Christian pastor out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. We have been doing this for decades. God has been so good. We have seen lives changed. We've helped so many families in a number of areas. Our demonic message has gone out in so many different ways, and people have been delivered in the spirit world. We have spoken to churches and youth groups and camps and Christian schools all over America. We're thankful for your support. We thank you for listening to the program, praying for Greg Patton Ministries, supporting us financially, and just overall being there. You can friend us. We would like that very much on Facebook, Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Want to know more about the ministry? Get in touch, gregpatton.com. Get in touch, gregpatton.com. Thanks again. Well, as usual, something to consider. Different strokes for different folks. Talking about how some people are really excited about this time of year and others very depressed this time of year. I was sharing with my church on Sunday how uh, I'm at a point where I want to get away from people. We have five grandchildren here and all kinds of somebody here all the time. Busy, busy, busy. Little time for yourself. I complain about that. On the other end of the scale, got word that a gentleman who was blind been a part of our church for a long time. He lost his wife last year and, uh, well, he's very lonely. We'd like to have somebody take him home for Christmas. Yeah. So everybody's different. Where are you today? I have to keep reminding myself it's not about me. And uh, I think this is amazing. How just a few minutes of time spent with someone can change that person's life for the good and yours too. Have you seen the painting by Norman Rockwell called Freedom from Want? It's supposed to be the greatest and the most uh, viewed and known of all of them. It's Thanksgiving, Christmas, they're at the family table, Big Bird being placed right in the middle of the table. That uh, painting, Freedom from Want, has been immortalized for depicting a family enjoying a very special time together. Unfortunately, scenes like that in the New America, that famous portrayal, there are exceptions in today's society. Family mealtime consumed by such busy schedules, we eat on the run. Few people gather around a table anymore. Dinnertime conversation frequently gets exchanged for evening sitcoms, and numerous grandmas and grandpas who live in retirement homes or elderly care facilities never make it to that family table. People over 60 are often isolated from the world around them, as vast social and cultural changes have transformed their lives. The world they recall had more neighbors and fewer shopping malls. It had more time and fewer pressures. It had more live-in grandmas and grandpas and fewer assisted living places. They're everywhere now. Unable to find a place in the present, many seniors look over their shoulders to the past. Edith Schaefer, her husband was famous, widow of the Christian apologist Francis Schaefer, on the brink of her 84th birthday, she had a lot to say. According to Edith, there is a link between the contemporary notion of commitment and the displacement of older people. People are not promising something for any enduring length of time. It's just as long as it's convenient for them, she says, citing high divorce rates as evidence. 
There isn't the determination to make lifetime commitments, and and that lack of commitment permeates other aspects of our life as well, business, family, the new church. In a world of shallow promises where families are valued less than the pursuit of personal peace and influence, how can aging men and women avoid living on the fringes of society? I think it's a very sad situation if you're not in touch with every age and every generation, says Edith Schaefer. She speaks as one who is very close to her family, which now includes 60 members. I stay in touch with them all. First of all, I write birthday cards to every single one. A little message on the card. Never mind that they reply or not. I don't care. I write. Even if they don't reply, as you write and you select the card, it gives you entrance into their lives and makes you feel closer to them. Staying in touch with the younger people who will shape our future is essential. You need to make a concerted effort to see your grandchildren. Mrs. Schaefer says, I feel it's very important to travel and spend the money to be there with the kids and to pray for them. She encourages grandparents to pray for each of their grandchildren daily and to keep up, if possible, what's going on in their lives. When physical or financial limitations prevent travel, you can correspond, and a lot of seniors love the Internet and should. What a way to communicate. And if there's no extended family, the grandchildren of, say, a co-resident at the assisted living facility can easily be adopted as a pen pal or a prayer partner. I think it's important not to say I'm isolated and nobody cares for me. How about this? I'm the only great-grandmother they have, and they're not going to learn what it's like to have a great-grandmother if I don't say something or do something, instead of feeling sorry for oneself. She suggests you recognize that it's important for the younger ones to get to know a person of another generation. Well, amen to that. Joining the rest of the family for meals and possibles, another practical way. I think it's important to sit around a table and pray before eating. She uses mealtime as a conversation time, not just an occasion for grabbing something to eat. She suggests reading a newspaper article for interest or a chapter of a book at every meal. A story your family enjoys can make dinner time an affair everyone anticipates. Well, this seems so out of date, doesn't it? One of God's great blessings is a place at the table for all his children, including those who are unable to join their family here on earth. There's no perfection here, but when Christ comes back, we'll be included in that wonderful company of people who are making it a part of their marriage supper of the Lamb. At the heavenly supper, we're going to be able to talk to Abraham and Jacob and Isaac and whoever we're anxious to see. We'll all be together. There is togetherness ahead. There's a place set at the table for every one of us. And here's something you didn't know. According to the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, while both male and female reindeer grow antlers in the summer each year, the only members of the deer family serve a day to have females do so. Male reindeer drop their antlers at the beginning of winter. That's usually late November, mid-December. Female reindeer retain their antlers till after they give birth in the spring. Did you know that? Therefore, according to every historical rendition depicting Santa and his reindeers, every single one of them had to be, I mean, from Rudolph to Blitzen, had to be female. We should have known that, the way they were able to find their way. <laughs> Just a little, oh, never mind. 
And then there's this, thanks to the electric guitar you gave me for Christmas, little Cody said to his uncle. That's the first time he saw him after the holiday. This is the best present I ever got. Well, that's great, said his uncle. Do you know how to play it? Oh, no, I don't, I don't play it, the little fellow said. My mom gives me a dollar not to play it during the day. My dad gives me $5 a week not to play it at night. Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, I'm not sure how I'm liking this. Looking out the studio window, here it comes. Some snow falling in Fort Wayne, Indiana today. Hey, a reminder, we're going to be in Tennessee, March, first week of March. Interested in having us speak at your church? Get in touch now. Where are you on Facebook? Get in touch with me. I want to have a new friend. That would be you. That's the way it is. Tuesday, December the 20th, 2022. I am Greg Patton. God bless. Have a great day.